The Atlanta Braves didn't make a big splash in free agency this past offseason, but could they be saving up for Shohei Otani next offseason? It's not likely with the money already on the books for the Atlanta Braves, but it would be fun to think about and talk about, which is what we're going to do on this episode of Lockdown Braves as we look towards the free agent class next offseason. We'll discuss that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I'm your host, Jake Amastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my website, shortstopball.com, to see some of my written work and some of my other work as well outside of the Atlanta Braves. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you're new. If you're watching this video, please hit that thumbs up button as it does help the show a ton. Thanks, as always, for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. We are back to five days a week. The offseason is pretty much over at this point. We are gearing up for the 2023 season, but... Before we do that, I wanted to look ahead to next offseason and some of the free agents that will be out there, including Shohei Otani and then some other outfield options that could be available if there's still that glaring hole in left field. Before we get into all that, though, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to be looking at the free agent class for after the 2023 season. So next offseason, we saw a lot of big free agents go this past offseason. It was especially for the shortstop market. We saw a lot of big free agents sign for big money, long-term contracts. But it's going to be another very strong class next offseason as well. Before we talk about some of those names, though, I want to briefly touch on what the money situation could look like for the Braves next offseason. Most have the Braves with already $120 million guaranteed in contracts next season. So they're already at a pretty big starting point. And then there's a potential for $50 million in contract options if they pick up all the options they have for the 2024 season. And then they have a projected $66 million in arbitration players. That alone, if they picked up all the contract options, if they keep all their arbitration eligible players, you're already looking at a payroll of $230 million for the 2024 season, which you would think doesn't leave a lot of room for a major signing this year. And hopefully you haven't put too much cold ice water on this podcast before it even begins. But Really hard to see them making a major splash next offseason unless you can cut some of the money from the team. And it's possible they do that. You look at some of the team options. Charlie Morton has a $20 million team option. You know, certainly if you know he could decide that he doesn't want to come back and just tell the Braves, you know, he's ready to to retire. That's certainly possible. It's also possible that he just doesn't get all the way back 
this past or this upcoming season and looks more like the Charlie Morton of 2022, in which case I really doubt the Braves picked that option up. Eddie Rosario said he get $9 million, even if he's an average player this year, which I think he can be. I just don't see them picking that up. Travis Darno has an $8 million option. I actually do see them picking that up as long as he's healthy. Colin McHugh, I see them picking up his $6 million um, contract option, which also has a $1 million buyout. Kirby A's $5.75 million contract option has a $1.25 million buyout. Unless Yates just really bounces back this season, I can I would not be surprised if they don't pick that up. Orlando Arce has a $2 million contract option. I can't imagine they don't pick that up again with the lack of middle infield depth that they have. And he is just a it seems like a great teammate, good clubhouse guy, uh, and solid bench player in that role. Now, they have potentially 16 arbitration-eligible players next year. And just quickly looking at the list, I'd say there's probably 10 of those players that won't be around next season. However, Max Fried will be in the final year of his arbitration. He's likely to get 17, 18 million. Mike Soroka, believe it or not, will be in his final year of arbitration. And assuming he has a decent season, probably makes five or six million. So, you know, we're already in the 20 million range right there. AJ Mentor in the final year of his arbitration status, he likely gets around seven million. So we're up to 30 million that we know of in arbitration players. Kyle Wrightney and Anderson will become arb- eligible for the first time. So they'll start making some significant money as well. So you're looking at still probably close to $40 million in arbitration um, that you're going to have to pay. You're probably looking at, you know, another 20 million at least if they don't pick up the Charlie Morton option in contract options. So, I mean, the payroll is probably close to 180, 190 million at this point already going into 2024 spots that need filling because they, they already do have so many players locked up. There's they're not really losing anything. They're losing one player. There's one player on their roster right now that they don't, contain rights to whether through options arbitration or just contract extensions there's only one player they don't have the rights to for 2024 and that's joe jimenez um you know obviously depending on how the season plays out will determine where some of the holes come up if they're i'm expecting there's still going to be a hole in left field i think that's still going to be the glaring hole unless a big trades made during the season hopefully shortstop will no longer be a hole and von grissom will take hold of that bullpen's always needed and back of the rotation is always needed as well. But this Braves team, as we've documented, they are well locked up and most of the positions are already accounted for going forward. So not a lot of offseason work that needs to be done, but there are some big names out here. If the Braves want to make a splash, there's certainly the opportunity to do that, starting with Shohei Otani. And it's going to be a fun offseason. And first of all, do I think he goes to free agency? I do. I don't see him signing an extension with the Angels. I see him going to free agency, and I don't know what he's going to get. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. If you want to leave a, a comment uh, down in the comment section on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter, let me know. What do you think Shohei Otani is going to get? Because this is a unicorn. We don't know. It's a guy entering his prime that is one of the best hitters in baseball. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. We just haven't seen this in a long, long time. and. I really think we're seeing at least a $400 million contract, perhaps even more. Again, with the way money and the years that were given out in free agency last year, I got to think Otani's getting 
12, 12 year deal. And again, probably 400, 500 million dollars. Braves aren't going to pay that. I, I don't, again, I hate to pour a bunch of cold water on the podcast. Braves aren't paying that as, as fun as it would be, as great as it would be. The Braves just aren't, they're not going to give Shohei Otani 40 million a year for 12 years or whatever the contract's going to be. But it'll be fun either way. Uh, and it'll certainly be interesting to watch. Let's just hope he doesn't go to the New York Mets because I think. Uh, Steve Cohen over there is is licking his chops to spend big money on Shohei Otani next offseason. But I got to think the Braves are out. I just don't see any way with the contracts they already have on the books. There's just no way that they can afford Shohei Otani and what's, what he's going to cost. And that's just not the type of move that Alex Anthopoulos tends to make. Now, two of the other big free agents that, again, I don't think the Braves will be in on. Manny Machado has a, a possible, or he has an opt-out, and I believe he stated that he will opt-out. But, again, I just don't see the Braves you know, going after him. Matt Chapman as well, another third baseman, a great defensive third baseman. I don't see that happening as well, as well as there's just not a need there. But certainly some big names hitting the market. Otani you know, above them all will be a lot of fun to watch. Would love to see the Braves at least rumored in there, and I'm, I hope Alex Anthopoulos at least calls and checks in on it. And just I don't see it happening. But let me know, what do you think Shohei Otani gets in free agency? What does that contract look like? Because I think it's going to be pretty crazy. Kate Shaver says $400 million for Otani, not to the Braves. Uh, Trey Alexa- Alexander thinks he's going to be a Dodgers. Um, yeah, I, I think definitely going to a big market team, and I think at least $400 million contract for Shohei Otani. All right, next, we'll move into some names for next offseason that I think will be a little bit more attainable for the Braves and more likely. And there's still some great names out there. We'll talk about those next. This year, the only app you need for sports betting is the FanDuel Sports app, America's number one sports app. If you're looking to get into the game and get in on the NBA season, which is now halfway through as Super Bowl is over now, uh, I know we are all, most of us here are moving into the baseball season. It is full baseball season for me, but if you're into the NBA, you want to get in on the action, there's no better place to do it than at FanDuel which again is the number America's number one sports book. And you can get uh, no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you place your first bet. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can go get player props for the upcoming MLB season. Go ahead and get your money down on Spencer Strider and or Max Fried winning the NL Cy Young Award. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get in on the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. Again, when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If you did, if you missed Monday's podcast, we did the top five prospects in the Brave system. Make sure you go and check that out. And then yesterday, we talked about the best and worst moves of the past offseason. Maybe we'll see some better moves next offseason. Not that I didn't like any of the moves from this past offseason, but perhaps we'll see a big splash in free agency. Would love for that to happen. And like I said at the top, I think the biggest need still will be left field 
come next offseason. And Kate Chavers in the comments section. Thinking the ride along with me, I have Ian Happ at the top of the outfield options list. This was a guy that I wanted to trade trade for it last offseason. The Cubs decided to hang on to him. I don't know what the Cubs are going to do with him now. Perhaps they trade him at this deadline if they're out of it. But I like Ian Happ, switch hitter. Um, you know, has has some good platoon splits from the left side, which I think the Braves uh, need. So I like Ian Happ. I think he'd be a solid get. Nothing, you know, too spectacular. Wouldn't imagine that he cost too much, but I do think it would be a solid bat in the outfield. You know, 28 years old now, turns 29 this upcoming season. You know, was a 3.5 war player last year. Uh, he's been, you know, over one more. Again, he's he's probably somewhere between a two and three war uh, player. But I, I just I like the bat. He has has a little bit of power, uh, a little bit of speed as well. Kind of gives you all of that. Uh, but I just think Ian Hat would be a solid target for the Braves. Not saying it's my number one target, but certainly somebody I could see the Braves going after. And he's played multiple uh, positions in his career as well. He's played third base, second base you know, first base and all all three outfield positions. So just has that versatility to his game as well, which is definitely a plus. But some other outfield options, Teoscar Hernandez, Harrison Bader, Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, you know, if maybe they have some bounce back seasons. But then again, if they have bounce back seasons, they're probably going to be uh, too expensive for what the Braves would pay. Jock Peterson, a player a lot of you wanted back this year. Uh, he will be a free agent. This next offseason, Hunter Renfro and Charlie Blackman. I know he's getting up there in age, but the guy just hits. Now, maybe he doesn't hit outside of Coors Field, but those are the list of outfielders. Again, I think there's some solid. Oh, I skipped over Michael Conforto as well. He has an opt out, so he could become a free agent. So, again, some solid outfielders there. I like, you know, Hap, Hernandez, uh, Conforto, you know, Peterson, if you were going to go again with another kind of platoon role. Uh, so some solid outfield names there that could be available for the Braves that probably aren't too terribly expensive. Shortstop options. I hope they don't need a shortstop option. I hope Von Grissom is the answer. But if not, there could potentially be some, or at least one big free agent shortstop available. That's Tim Anderson. He has a team option for $14 million. I got to think that gets picked up. So if not him... Ahmed Rosario is probably the best shortstop available next offseason. I, a lot of people mentioned him as a trade target for the Braves this offseason, and I just I didn't love it. Uh, I wouldn't love it anymore as a free agent either. Nick Ahmed could be a possible stopgap, you know, player. Isaiah Kiner Falefa uh, would will also be a free agent, solid defensively, but doesn't give you much with the bat. So the shortstop options are not great, and that's why. I, you know, was very clear going into this offseason that the Braves got to figure out shortstop long term, whether that was re-signing Dansby Swanson or, uh, you know, making sure that Von Grissom is that guy going forward. I think they have to sure up that shortstop position because there's just nobody on the free agent market coming up soon that can be that for them. There's nobody else in the farm system that can be up soon that can do that for them. So unless it's going to be through a trade or unless it's going to be Von Grissom, there just aren't a ton of options at shortstop. So yes, Trey Alexander, I'm hoping Grissom, Grissom can be that guy. Um, and he said he's getting heavily interest, invested in his card. So good luck with that. 
the DH options next year, I think, are are very intriguing. Um, Braves might not have a ton of money to go after a DH, but as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, I think there's a hole at DH. I think the Braves are throwing a lot of options in there to figure it out, but would certainly love to have a, a big bopper at that DH position. Reese Hoskins could be a free agent. Jesse Winker. Josh Bell has an opt-out. He could be a free agent, would be a solid DH, and J.D. Martinez would be as well. So I think there's some solid DH options there to get some guys that can just mash and put in that DH role. Of course, there is one more year left on that Marcel Ozuna contract, so they will still likely be paying for him as well. Starting pitchers. Now, Braves have a lot of starting pitching depth. That depth can disappear very quickly. They didn't go out, at least to this point, and get a veteran for the back of the rotation, but there could be a solid list of names in the starting pitching market next offseason, led by Max Scherzer, who has an opt-out, Aaron Nola, Julio Rios, Lucas Giolito, Blake, Blake Snell, Luis Severino, Tyler Maley, Frankie Montas, you know, Noah Syndergaard, if he turns things around there in L.A., Martin Perez, Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Clayton Kershaw again, Charlie Morton possibly if the Braves don't pick up his option, Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda, Hyun Jin Ryu, uh, James Paxton. Some other opt-out candidates include Ross Stripling, Marcus Stroman, Sean Manaya, and Andrew Heaney. So a long list of very capable starting pitchers next offseason if the Braves decide that they need to go that route and improve on their starting pitching depth. And I'm not saying that they do or they will, but there will be a solid list of, of names next off season. So I like that, you know, if they need to go out and get another starting pitching pitcher, there will be an opportunity to do so. There will be some solid outfielders available. Um, but again, with the money the Braves already have on the books, I just don't know how much, they'll be able to spend in free agency next offseason. All right, next, we we'll get to a little bit of news from uh, Tuesday. Not a lot to talk about there and get to some of your comments as well. We'll do that here next. Not a lot to report on the news front from Tuesday. We did get some great video of players taking batting practice. Austin Riley, Ron Acuna Jr., Michael Harris were some of the videos that I saw from the reporters there in camp. And certainly love seeing those videos. Love to see those guys getting to work and getting after it. And seeing them hit bombs off BP pitching uh, can always get you really hyped up for the season. Another bit of rule change. We keep seeing these come in daily. And it looks like because of the pitch clock and when the pitcher's movement starts that they're really going to start cracking down on box. This making me a little bit nervous that we're going to see some oversensitivity to the pitch clock, to uh, players or pitchers starting their windup, and we're going to see a lot of just <laughs> balls called on pitchers for these violations and I've been okay with the rule changes up to this point, but now I'm getting a little bit worried that it's going to be a mess to, especially to start the season that we're going to see at bats decided by this. We're going to see games possibly decided by these calls. I'm all for speeding up the action of the game. And I think these rules are intended to do that. And that's their, you know, intent, but, 
I don't want it to take away from the actual game and the seeing again outcomes decided by some of these rules just makes me a little uncomfortable and a little weary going into the season. Um, and I see Trey Alexander saying, good thing Jansen is gone. It will be tough for him. Yeah, uh, he's one of those guys that I think this will really impact. saw a tweet about uh, Luis Garcia and his rocking the baby windup that he has, that that's no longer going to be legal. So, again, you got to call the rules as they are. I, I just hope. I hope this doesn't become a big part of the game going forward and we really see it again having a significant impact on the game. Um, Mab Mab, if uh, if the Braves are ever going to spend big money on a player, I hope it's Otani. Do you have any faith in the Braves going after Showtime? I want him so badly. I don't have any faith in the Braves going after Shohei Otani. Would I love it? Absolutely. But again, we're talking about 12-year deal maybe close to 40 million a year, uh, probably at least somewhere around 35 million a year. I don't know. We haven't seen a player like this. I don't I don't know what a contract's going to look like for him, but I just don't see it happening. I don't see the Braves being able to to afford that or being willing to go in that long of a contract. But hey, maybe there's, you know, a little bit less risk involved because things don't work out as a pitcher one day, then you just turn them in to an everyday hitter or vice versa. If he loses with the bat, then maybe he just focuses primarily on pitching and you have that to fall back on. But I just don't see it happening. Jordan Griffey says, Hunter Renfro and Ian Happ top my list. Winker is interesting too. I like all of those names. I think they could be some big bats that the Braves could add. Uh, Matt Mab says, I think Otani can actually play left field because he played right field this season. Otani in left field when he isn't pitching shouldn't be too much of a strain. It's only on days he doesn't pitch. I think if you were going to play him in the field, you'd have to give him an off day probably before and after he pitches uh, or else you're going to wear him out trying to do all that. Cade Chaver says, Brave should have traded for Happ at the deadline. I agree. Uh, the Grossman deal ended up being fine, but I think the price was just too high from the Cubs on Ian Happ from everything that I heard. Um. Let's see, a couple more in here. Appreciate the comments. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for those who uh, stuck around and chat to, to do this live with me. Hines says, what are our options to replace Riley or Matt if one of them gets hurt? Not really in any internal stopgaps. Uh, it made me feel better to sign a Luke Voigt or Mustakis just in case. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Arceus, probably the answer for third base. I know he did it in for a short time with the Brewers. Um, it's not great, uh, certainly, and that's been one of my one of my biggest, uh, you know, grudges for this offseason going into the season is that there's just not a there's not great depth on the infield, and I would love to see them bring in somebody in spring training or before the season starts, or if you need to during the year, that can really you know be a solid backup on the infield. But the depth there is not great right now. That is. Certainly for sure, you know, hopefully I'm hoping somebody like Luke Waddell, maybe even Cal Conley can move quickly through the system this year. And if you need him in the second half, you can maybe Braden Shoemake figures it out with the bat. That's just, this is where the Braves farm system really comes back to hurt them. Yeah. If everybody at the major league level stays healthy, you're fine. But if somebody does get hurt and you need to pull into that depth, we don't have a Von Grissom this year. We can call up. We don't have a Michael Harris this year that we can call up at least not right now. There's nobody to that level. I just did the top 10 prospects for the Braves. 
all those guys are lower level guys. It's nobody that's knocking on the door except for a couple of pitchers, but certainly not position player wise. There's nobody just knocking on the door ready to contribute if somebody gets injured. And that to me is probably the biggest weakness of this Braves team going into the season. Kate Chaver says Jock is not a platoon. He will not go anywhere unless he gets to play every day. I think those days are and opportunities are running out for Jock at this point, in my opinion. Marianne Smith, Jake, what will happen uh, since Alex traded William if something happens to Travis and Sean, who will be their backup? Do the Braves have someone to back them up? And I hope Grissom will be ready. Chadwick Trump is the guy right now that they have who would back them up. You know, Tyler Tolby's at the lower levels, Drake Baldwin, who will be in spring camp. Both of those guys at lower levels would not likely be able to contribute this year. Uh, but Chadwick Trump is that depth right now. And then you're talking about just going out going out and trying to find some veterans who will be available during the season. But that's the depth going into the season for the Braves. Matt Mapp says, hey, Jake, do you know that scouts have Azuna as one of the most underrated defensive quarter outfitters in the league? I was shocked, uh, but says it's true. Um, I would love to see those stats if you would like to send those to me in a DM on Twitter. Um, I just don't think that's true at all. He is one of the worst defensive players in all of baseball and should never see the field again, in my opinion. Uh, but if you want to send me those stats, please do so. Uh, Kate Chavers, no, they don't. Our lack of depth hurts us, hurt us against the Phillies and maybe hurts us again this year. I don't know that a lack of depth was a problem against the Phillies. I think, look, Braves just ran into a hot team and that happens. And I think the Braves had kind of gotten worn out chasing the Mets. Uh, but I don't want to rehash all that again. Um, Matt Mab, I can't believe what Boston paid Jansen. Uh, they were spending – Boston's a weird franchise right now, in all honesty. Um, Hussassin says, do you know of any other pitchers that are free agents when Max Reed becomes one that could possibly lower, class lower cost replacements as a two or three starter? Haven't looked right now, so I can't say at the moment, but there's always those guys that you can find, those middle rotation type of guys that'll be available. But my hope is that, you know, Spencer Strider becomes an ace. Kyle Wright becomes a two. Ian Anderson figures it out, and he's a, a two or a three. And then one of these other guys, you know, Jared Schuster, Bryce Elder, Dylan Dodd, they become a solid back of the rotation guy, and they fill in that rotation once Max possibly leaves in free agency, hoping he doesn't. And Cade, yeah, I did see Jock stats from last year. He had a great hot start and then cooled off and then got injured again. My opinion, but I think he's more of a – platoon player i think he always kind of has been um now he's on the good side of a platoon so he's going to play a lot but in my opinion he's not an everyday player um Hussassin also says there competition between jackson stevens nick anderson and jesse chavez for the long relief role if so who makes it on the opening day roster i don't think i would throw nick anderson into that competition i think the competition for the long reliever role is between stevens and chavez and i'd give the edge to Chavez at this point. Um, Gucci says, hello, I'm new. Thank you for joining. Appreciate you being here. Gr Jordan Griffey, what are the chances that Ozuna is not on the 2024 squad? I think there are very good chances he's not on the 2024 squad. I've, I've made it my prediction that he gets cut by the All-Star break this year, and the Braves just have to eat that money. And then another question here from Mad Mab. Jake, what do you expect out of Enoa and Anderson for the rest of their careers? They looked so promising a year ago. 
I think Ian Anderson just makes a couple of, of fine-tuned adjustments. He can still be a solid middle-to-rotation pitcher. That you know, fastball, you know, if he can keep it in the mid-90s, I know he lost some of the velocity later in the year and later in starts, but that changeup is just so good. Um, I, I think you know, if he can just figure out a third pitch and figure out some of the command issues that he has, I still think he can be a mid-rotation starter. As for Enoa, I always thought his best place was in the pen. And I think when he comes back, certainly now after coming back from injury, I think that's where you have to look for him is turn him into, you know, he's primarily a two-pitch pitcher. Um, I think you got to look to to move him to a bullpen role where I think he can be really good in that spot. And then last one here from Assassin who says, any word on Soroka, on how Soroka's looked? You didn't mention him as a possible freed replacement. Also thoughts on him going um, by Michael now. Um, reason I didn't mention Soroka as a possible freed replacement, he becomes a free agent after 2024 as well. So uh, that's why I didn't mention Soroka. But all indications are that you know he looks good and he's ready to go this upcoming season. And I certainly hope that is the case. Really looking forward to a comeback tour for Mike Michael Soroka going into 2024. All right, that will do it for this episode of a Lockdown Braves. Thank you so much, as always, for listening and for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Now go give a Lockdown MLB Prospects a listen, where host Lindsey Crosby, who was on Monday's podcast talking about Braves prospects, is a prospect encyclopedia, as you probably know if you listen to that podcast by now. And he goes deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow, talking about the brightest future in Major League Baseball. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOn underscore Braves. You can follow me at ShortstopBall. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.